Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Studio 6A at the Radio Taiwan International headquarters in downtown Taipei. Coming up this hour, we'll have for you Hashtag Taiwan. That's brought to you by Leslie Liao. And today he's going to be talking about a country called Somaliland. What does that have to do with Taiwan? Well, he swept the internet to find out. Also, we'll have status update with John and Shirley. But first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, July 14th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Hello. Catherine Wei. Hi. And me. Once again, I'm Andrew Ryan. Hey, I just noticed that it's uh, the 14th of July. That's like... 14 juillet. That's the French National Day. Is that right? Am oh. I am I right? Bastille Day. <laughs> Bastille Day. Yeah. Is it a Bastille Day? Um, dear Uh-oh. French listeners, if we're wrong, please write to us and let us know. The address is a n d r o o at rti.org.tw. <laughs> All right. So in today's show, we're going to start off by telling you about a major change to the annual one on air raid drills. Which, if you're in Taipei, they may have already taken place today. Depends on when you're listening in. Uh, they will be happening, on, I guess, at 1.30 in the afternoon on Tuesday. Yes. So you may be before that or after that. But something very interesting and different is happening this year. Also in today's show, we're going to tell you how Taipei Main Station is allowing people to sit on the ground again. And uh, another thing we're going to tell you about is the EVA Airways has been named the fourth best airline in the world. And Leslie's going to tell us all about that. Those are just some of the stories we're going to be talking about in today's Here in Taiwan. Don't go away. So we're going to start off with a, a little look at the air raid drill known as the An, Wan An air raid drills, which happen every year at this time of the year. Um, and basically what happens is a siren goes off at, I believe, at 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, and then at 2 p.m., another siren goes off and then it's over with. Now, in past years, basically what happened is, is that, you know, if you were in a car, the car had to pull over on the side of the road. Um, you know, simulating an air raid. Mm. Um, so, or if you were, let's say you're walking down the street, you would have to like stand inside a building or under the shade or shadow of a building. Um, essentially, you just want to get people and cars off the streets uh, in the event of an actual air raid. Um, now, do either of you have any one-on air raid drill stories? Because <laughs> I think everybody's been caught in one of these at least mm. once in a place where maybe you probably didn't want to be at the time. Kat, have you ever had that happen to you? Yes. I don't remember it being in July. I thought it was when school was still in, but I was cutting class. 
in high school. <laughs> came back, found nobody on the street, freaked out because I did not hear the siren. I, I forgot where I went. And I came back. The school doors were locked. Oh. I was locked out of school. Oh, no. I wanted to get back to class. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get back in? Or did you have to... I had to scale the wall and then get back Whoa, in. Whoa. <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> When I was asking for stories, I, I had no idea that we'd get that. Wow. This <laughs> um, show just got a lot more interesting. Seriously. Maybe we'll just talk about this for 25 <laughs> minutes. Um, Leslie, what about you? Do you ever get stuck in an air raid drill? No, I'm usually pretty good. I just, I have nightmares about myself, like, needlessly going viral. Oh. So, like, I'm very careful to be, like, not sticking out. Mm. Do you remember the guy that dressed in the um, dinosaur Gosh, so outfit? Genius. Yeah, that's brilliant. If, <laughs> if I were, He basically, he had one of those, like, inflatable dinosaur uh-huh, outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um he's then, just running around he's just running down the middle of the road like like you know like he's attacking type a uh-huh. but of course you you know what it looks like he's kind of wobbling around and it's like it looks hilarious uh, um is that legal no. no okay so he actually ended up getting fined for that they, they found out who it was they did find out who it was um i don't remember uh exactly who the individual it was definitely a guy mm. i mean that's kind of a guy. Well, I don't know. Cat could have done it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she's scaling walls out here. You're ideas in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely watch that video. Um, although I don't encourage anybody to, to walk around outside during the drill. Although what's interesting is this year you can... It's what? no longer um, prevented. Uh, people are, are saying that... Um, I'm sorry. Officials are saying that this year they've changed it a little bit. Uh, so they're not restricting people's movement outdoors uh, during the exercises. And the reason is, can either of you guess what the reason for that is? Something unique to 2020. Because COVID? Be pandemic. It is pandemic related. But, so they're saying that... Oh, um, if, you, if you keep everybody inside, the social, no social distancing, distancing issues. Ta-da. Excellent. Oh, that's a smart... Wow, they think of everything. Yeah, they think of everything. I, you know, the health minister, Chen Shizong, he's, he's on top of it, I'm telling you. Uh, I, not that he's the one that came up with this, but essentially the Central Epidemic Command Center um, say that this could actually go against the guidelines to have everybody inside or, you know, kind of pushed up against each other for half an hour. So uh, they have dropped that requirement for the first time in at least in my memory, in the last 20-something years, they've never done that. Wow. My um, question is, who is spending the one on air raid drills year after year packed like a can of sardines? Like, I think it's usually the people that are caught unawares, right? They're like walking down the street and then all of a sudden like the siren goes off and they're like, oh, I guess I have to go indoors. Oh, yeah, they have to, the 7-Elevens just get stuck getting packed. packed. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be an issue. My one air raid drill story was that I was in a taxi at, I believe it was like maybe 125 mm. no 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 no. i think it was early, uh, later than that it was it was com- coming up to 130 and i was just about to cross the bridge coming to rti and the siren went off and the police were standing at the entrance to the oh. bridge and so we had to pull over there and so me and my taxi driver were just like all right i guess we're doing this was the meter still running oh no no he turned <laughs> off the meter he let me pay get out of the car and like we kind of both stretched our legs i mean we couldn't go anywhere yeah. but we were standing under a tree and you know mm. this is before cell phones too so i oh. mean before uh smartphones. smartphones yeah so i was kind of like 
looking at him. He's that must looking have been at two me. hours, man. Well, Even though it's a half an hour air raid drill, it, must have been two hours. Two hours condensed. It, although fortunately, he was one of those taxi drivers that wasn't really interested in chatting. Uh, I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. I don't want to have a half an hour interview. <laughs> so then we kind of waited there, and with a lot of other people that were caught, and then got back in the car and. He uh, gave, gave it to me for a second fare, which is nice, instead oh. of keeping the meter running. Now, something else that's happening is that um, in the past, the one-on air drills were held at different times on different days in different parts of Taiwan. Mm. So, for example, Penghu, Jinmen, Mazu, um, the main island of Taiwan would all be on different days. Um, and now they're all happening on the same day, at the same time. Uh, and this year, apparently, they're also focusing on the coverage in rural areas. So I don't know what that means, if, if they're going to be enforcing different rules in rural areas or mm. kind of, I don't know, some other maybe top secret military things will be happening. Ooh. So if it hasn't happened yet, just keep your ears open for it. Uh, but don't worry, you don't have to, uh, uh, I guess, take cover as you would have in previous years. So, on Sunday, the Taipei Main Station decided that they were going to start allowing people to sit on the floor of the main uh, Taipei Main Station terminal again. Now, in the past, on Sundays, um, you would see that there were a lot of migrant workers that would sit on the floor. Mm -hmm. And this was a very important gathering place for migrant workers from throughout Taiwan, because many of them don't live in Taipei. But in order to see kind of friends, compatriots, whatnot, or to interact with other people from the same country, and largely, I think mostly the, the people in the Taipei main station are Indonesian, uh, mm -hmm. the vast majority are. Um, so this was actually a great gathering place. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, once COVID-19 kind of took over, they uh, made it no longer allowed to, I guess, sit on the floor mm -hmm. in this main uh, area. We should also describe it, too. It's a massive, massive great hall so i think it's, it's magnificent and it's empty too like mm -hmm. there's not much in there so it seems like a prime space to gather and to sit on the just floor just to hang right? out yeah and locals do it too i've definitely gone there with my friends and we'd be waiting for a train or something and it just was the perfect place to stretch your legs yeah and so what's changed they've on sunday they started allowing people to go back and sit there yes and just they are making a big show out of it. Mm -hmm. um, there are all these emojis on the floor. They put it so the tiles are black and white. Mm -hmm. And these um, are big tiles. Ginormous like, tiles. You could fit like the entire English service from RTI inside one of the squares. Mm -hmm. one, yeah. Like either a black you or white have, square. They're like picnic blankets mm -hmm. sizes. Uh -huh. But they put, I think, white smiley faces on the black tiles just to show that people are welcome to come in again. This is a friendly environment. So... Yeah. And then the white tiles also have the word for smile in, I think, 20 different languages mm -hmm. or 10 different languages, yeah, I believe. Ten. Ten. I'm looking at 10 right now. 10 languages. Yeah. So it seems like a really smart way to, you know, promote the friendliness of the railway station. Um, I guess it's a friendliness that was taken into uh, to question uh, when they thought that, you know, they announced at one point that maybe we won't allow people to sit on the floor even after the pandemic is over, ends. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, what do you think about this response? Uh, putting the emojis on the floor. I don't know. Also, the debate has been going on for years. I remember I was a reporter here five, six years ago. And some officials also made some statements saying we shouldn't have people sitting on the ground. It's, it's not 
mm, it gives off a bad image because Taipei Main Station is a gateway into the city, kind of. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's cute that they put up the emojis and everything, but also a little unnecessary. <laughs> I do think that there was concern that they weren't welcoming to people. So I think mm. if they're trying to come across as being more welcoming, maybe this is a nice way to, to kind of push that and maybe that can take over the message that they're sending out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people were saying that it's problematic because it's a, it's a crowded area. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are trying to cross through the hall to get to trains uh, or to, to buy tickets or whatnot. Um, but I... Well, personally, I'm not sure that that's really true because I think a lot of people are buying tickets online these days. Yeah. Yeah. And they've moved You can the, use your easy card, too. Yeah. And they've moved the ticket, um, I guess, the ticket booth off to the side of the hall. Mm-hmm. So it's not, not in the middle of the hall where it used to be. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. They're I, scattered now. Like some are in the basement, some are mm, up top, A lot are in the basement. Are, yeah. And I think also, too, people are saying, well, why don't, you know, the migrant workers go somewhere else? But then to that, I would say there's actually not a whole lot of other places. There are parks. There isn't. This is a whole nother debate. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, parks aren't great, you know, when it's raining, it's when the weather's bad. it's very hot recently. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think migrant workers need a place that's very local, too. It needs mm-hmm. to be near transportation. Um, because a lot of them are coming in from out of town. If you come to Taipei and then you have to spend extra time and money getting to a, a completely different place, then it's just not convenient when you only have one day a week off. No. So, and I also, the other thing is too, um, that actually it's really only Sunday is the main day when mm-hmm. people are sitting on the floor waiting for trains, especially migrant workers. Um, you don't see that every day of the week on Monday through Friday when people are rushing to catch trains for work mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't affect their commute. Yeah. Oh. So, I don't know. I think it's nice that they've opened it up again. Um, I like the emojis. Um, <laughs> They're very cute. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a cute image. <laughs> How about you, Leslie? What do you think? Uh, about the Grand Hall or about this whole situation? All the above. I always think that people are always going to talk about loitering. You know, loitering has always has a, had a negative connotation. Mm. But I think this is a nice big empty space. I mean, what, are, what, what, what else are you going to do with it mm. if not that? I mean, they have exhibitions there every so often Mm. but at the same time that's a whole lot of real estate that Mm. if you're not going to use people might as well enjoy it for whatever reason Mm -hmm. well they've got a huge place where people can buy stuff that's off to the side and downstairs so it's not like they need that you know that real estate to sell stuff yeah I'm not sure that having more stalls would actually be good for business. It might be better if they kept it at a limit. Having said that, like, that's where I shipped out when I was conscripted in the military in Taiwan. And then, like, we did definitely occupy a big chunk of that (laughs) plaza when we first, you know, got shipped out. So... I don't know what the hullabaloo was out about, but I definitely was government sanctioned and sitting there. Sitting on the ground. Yeah, sitting on the ground. Uh, I sat on the ground once for a TV show, but I was interviewing migrant workers. So oh. <laughs> at any rate, nice to see that that um, space is still being used. Um, I guess we'll cover this more if more developments take place uh, regarding the Taipei Main Station main hall in the future. All right, Leslie, I see you're yes. yawning. Let's move on to the next <laughs> we're story. Good, we're good. I'm boring you. No. Um, but you've got an exciting story that's definitely going to be of interest to our listeners. Um, I had no idea that 
chronic kidney disease was such a huge issue in Taiwan. You had no idea? I like, had no idea. Taiwan, there are two things in Taiwan that are like big issues, right? One is our aging population. The second is like kidney, kidney issues. Really? Yeah, kidney issues are, we rank among the top uh, people who have kidney issues or top, top countries that with people that have kidney issues really the dialysis industry very big here i did know that a lot of people come here for medical tourism yes um mm. so people come from other countries hoping to have um medical procedures done mm. and one of the parts of those kind of medical tourism packages mm. is they have actually looked into um the feasibility of people who are on dialysis continuing that treatment when they're in taiwan yeah uh, and apparently there's packages that involve that or ways to make it convenient or they know the hospitals where you can have it done yeah. or, or clinics where you can have it done so that it's seamless yeah. and you can still have fun on the on the sidelines. Um, that is, I know, I didn't know that. I mean, I know about the medical tourism part mm. because the interesting thing is like Taiwan airlifts in a lot of the heads of state of our allies who need help. Oh, right. Oh. So like the president of Nehru, he, mm -hmm. he got his heart, uh, he had heart surgery done here. Wow. Stuff like that and then flew him back. But yeah, dialysis is a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, it's the top five, it's the top, top costliest disease in Taiwan. It costs 53.3 billion new Taiwan dollars Whoa. or 1.8 billion US dollars. And that's number wow. one. Whoa. Number two is type two diabetes. Number three and four are dental issues. And number five is high blood pressure. And this is things that people have to spend a lot of money on. Yes. Or uh, not just people because we have a very good healthcare system. But it, so it's putting a lot of strain on the government. Government is what it oh, is. Oh, so our health insurance pays a lot yes. for dialysis. Mm. Yes. And, you know, looking at this list, I definitely know people with... All of these problems. Dental wow. issues. Yeah. With like dental issues, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, you know, mm. high blood pressure. But uh, dialysis is one thing that my grandma had to go through. Mm. And like she had to go once a week. And, and it's a, it's, I, I, I didn't know what dialysis involved until I had to take her. Mm -hmm. But like they basically just like cycle all of her blood through a machine mm. to pretty much clean her blood. And how long does the process take? Oh, like three or four hours. So she's sitting there like four or five hours, three, four hours, four or five hours at a time. Oh, so it's almost like a chemo treatment. Almost. Wow. Almost. Wow, wow. So they're saying more than 397,000 people last year sought treatment for kidney diseases. And 92,000 of those received dialysis. Wow. And dialysis is one of those things with a very high markup. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because of the machinery involved. Mm. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, it's like one of those things that if you start it, you have to do it for life. So why is Taiwan so susceptible to this kind of a problem? Let me raise, a, let me raise you an example, man. My grandma, she had to go through dialysis. Best cook I've ever met in my life. Best cook. Yeah, she, she definitely did not hold back the salt, the sugar, the uh, MSG, the, the, MSG the soy sauce, stuff like that. I've heard that, uh, you know, Taiwan cuisine, there is a lot, there are a lot of rich sauces. Yes. And that you should avoid rich sauces because there are a lot of times there are um, kind of, there's a lot of hidden sodium yeah. in those mm. sauces. Yeah, that's, ex that's exactly what you want to watch out. Mm. Another thing that's uh, another risk factor is uh, diabetes, which mm -hmm. goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. The thing is, Taiwanese culture is all about, if you were talking business, it's all about talking business over the table. Over food. Over food. Over drinks. Over drinks. Yeah. And that's just an unfortunate consequence of doing business in Taiwan. Well, also, if you're talking about diabetes, we should mention a lot of sugary drinks, too. That, too. Oh, that's boba. A, yeah. yeah. Watch those boba drinks, everyone. Uh, drug use, long-term exposure to air pollutants, also 
air pollutants really are also a factor so in in dialysis, dialysis. really because you breathe it in it goes into your blood right oh okay right? kidneys yeah you, you, uh, you breathe anything in it goes into the lungs the alveoli it goes right in the blood oh and my goodness the kidneys clean out the blood so many things to be careful about um we'll keep those in mind yeah. moving forward All right, in just a moment, we're going to tell you why EVA Airways or EVA Airways was ranked number fourth best airline in the world. But before we do that, I want to talk briefly about the Type A Film Awards. Uh, Catherine, Mm -hmm. tell us who is the big winner this year? Uh, It was Detention. Detention. And that Mm -hmm. is the movie based on the video game? Yes. The video game came out a couple of years ago, I believe, or maybe three. so this is a horror movie, and so is the video game. I screamed multiple times playing it. <laughs> really? So what was scarier, the video game or the movie? The video game. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I guess I also wasn't expecting a video game scaring the <laughs> out of me. <laughs> <laughs> the beep beep. <laughs> what was scary about it? Can you maybe give us a little bit of a background on what the video is about in the movie? Well, the premise of both these things was set in 1960s um, Taiwan, when white terror was happening. Um, And this is political persecution by the government of people perceived to be in opposition to the government at the time, the KMT-run government. Mm -hmm. So two students, well, the movie talks about two students trying to unravel the terrors within the school system and with the government and trying to find a teacher that went missing. Mm -mm. Um, The video game was similar, but should I... Spoilers? Spoiler alert? Maybe don't tell us what happens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what was surprising was there was a lot of stuff jumping out at you with the, at, with the game. A lot Can't of... do that. No. A lot of scares. And yeah, so... At one point, it was like, do I do I force myself to push through this, or do I just cover my eyes and? Wow, <laughs> when you, it's easier to cover your eyes with a movie than it is with a video game because right. you have to participate uh-huh. actively. Now we should mention that uh, it was the biggest winner at the Taipei Film Awards on Saturday. It uh, won a, the grand prize and five other prizes. Mm. Um, it's also we should mention it was a very high-grossing film. Um, and the awards that it got were Best Narrative Feature, Best Actress, Best Art Design, Best Visual Effects, and Best Sound Design. And it grossed about $2.3 million U.S. million at the box office in the first three days of its release wow. in Taiwan. That's impressive. The jury praised the work as uh, unique in Taiwan's movie history, and it showcases professionalism in filmmaking while opening up new opportunities for movies in the country. Do you think it was deserved? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to get young people to also think about that era when mm. we we weren't born then. But it was a, it was a very important part of history. Excellent. So if you have the opportunity to do so, please check out Detention, known as Fan Xiao in Chinese, which mm-hmm. means going back to school. Yep. All right, check it out. We are going to wrap up. 
today by telling you about EVA Airways, which I always call EVA Airways, but apparently it's officially known as EVA Airways. Well, you know, Shirley works with EVA. She teaches English to the uh, new incoming flight attendants. Amazing. Yeah, and they uh, they insist that it's EVA Airways. So we're um, getting the official response here. All <laughs> right. So uh, I stand corrected. Yeah. I promise I will stick to that. But you're going to tell us um, why it was ranked number fourth airline in the world. Yeah, it always seems like it's ranked. It's a higher ranking airline, and um, it was ranked by Travel and Leisure magazine earlier this week. This scored an, a composite score of eighty five point six seven out of one hundred um, because of its in flight service, customer service, and value, according to the magazine. I love it. Do you agree with that ranking? I agree with it. I think. They do. They do pretty well. They have Hello Kitty airplanes. How do you not love that? I mean, hello. Aww. I mean, hello. Kidding. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Catherine? Do you think it deserves number four? Yeah, I think they have a very good track record with mm-hmm. safe flying, but also the Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. Mm-hmm. The pillows. Yeah, take it if you can. Uh, <laughs> I know it's hard for people to take airlines these days. Uh, hopefully, that will not last too long, and we'll be up and flying very soon. For here in Taiwan, I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. I'm Catherine Wei. Stay tuned. We've got much more to come on Radio Taiwan International. This is Victoria. From the London Underground... To the Taipei Metro. The people of our world are going places. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Hello and welcome to this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. In this week's show, we're going to be talking about Somaliland. Now, if you think I mean Somalia, then you should stick around and listen to what this show is about. Somaliland is a region in northern Somalia that has declared independence from Somalia itself. Taiwan recently reached an agreement with Somaliland where the two agreed to establish representative offices with each other. This move kind of came out of nowhere from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, so Thai people in Taiwan were actually quite curious. Today we're going to focus on how actually people from Taiwan and people from Somaliland came together online, and we're going to be taking a look at some of their first interactions. All that and more coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Somaliland. Not Somalia, Somaliland. Now, I'm sure there's a few of you looking at your computer screen right now going, Oh, that Leslie, he definitely failed geography back in school. But the truth of the matter is, I actually had to do a bit of geography homework for this week's hashtag. So this is a map of Somalia, and this is a region in northern Somalia that declared independence in 1991, which calls itself Somaliland. Now I must stress that Somaliland is a self-declared independent state that maintains it is separate from Somalia as a country. 
Somaliland has its own government, president, passport, and currency. Last week, Taiwan and Somaliland agreed to establish representative offices in each other's countries. Representative offices aren't quite embassies, but they are a diplomatic mechanism. Taiwan and Somaliland have ambiguous international status. Somalia claims that Somaliland is part of their country, while China claims Taiwan is part of their territory. Neither Taiwan nor Somaliland are recognized by the UN. I'll let this next tweet say what's on most people's minds. Carl Tan tweets, Urge y'all to follow some of the Somalilanders who have replied to my tweet here and learn about our newest ally. Sidebar. Somaliland and Taiwan are not yet official diplomatic allies. They've only just established representative offices with each other. Somaliland has been an independent country since 1991, yet Somalia falsely claims them as their territory. Sound familiar? With the beginning of Taiwan-Somaliland relations, people from both countries started reaching out to each other on social media and learning about one another. Katie Lilly tweeted, Discovering Somaliland Twitter is like looking into a mirror of Taiwan Twitter. Here is the history of my under-acknowledged country. Check out this hyper-specific meme I developed. I know this isn't a perfect place, but here are the reasons why I heart it and hope it will improve. Ismail Sherwak tweeted, I was too young when I was told that Taiwan is the country Somaliland should emulate and learn from. In my 20s, I am glad to see Somaliland and Taiwan as a friend. Together, we can push the world to realize our success stories and recognize our countries. It's really heartwarming to see Somalilanders this open and friendly to relations with Taiwan. Eslander wrote, Taiwan offers us hope of survival. Landers are an optimistic lot and they have been singing themselves to sleep with lullabies of recognition coming for 30 years. But on the darkest of moments, we always say, look at Taiwan, it survived and thrived despite facing a huge bully. That's actually really inspiring, but to think that Somalilanders have a lullaby about impending recognition makes me think that we should be the ones looking to them. Now, there are countless awe-inspiring and encouraging texts left on Katie's tweet. If you're in need of some heartwarming news, I urge you to check it out for yourself. I'll have a link for you in the show notes below. Now, all I gotta do is write an empowering Taiwanese lullaby that can inspire people for the next 30 years. <sighs> Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Thanks again for joining us on this week's edition of Hashtag Taiwan. Now, as always, if you wanted to reach out and either say hi or suggest future topics, my mind's always open and so is my mailbox. You can reach me at www.facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International or www.facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. I check both of those inboxes and if you send us a message, I will be sure to reply. Once again, thank you so much, and until next week, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay safe. I'll see you around. Status update. Hello there. You've just tuned in to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. And we're going to be getting to your letters in just a second. We always love to read your letters. You know, you write us and let us know what programs you heard. But before we do that, though, we're going to... Um, 
Sawe, I was going to say Chinese. Uh. We're going to just sort of update our personal status a little bit here. We've had a bilingual moment. <laughs> Sorry, bilingual. guys. We've had a, a difficult morning. This is our second recording. Actually, <laughs> Shirley forgot to hit the play button the first time. The record button, I mean. You so. know, I bet I did. You know, we've got some old machines difficulties. here. Yes, I know. But All anyway. Right. So, um, I heard that you actually went to somewhere interesting. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've been there. It's not that far from us, actually. It's called the Taipei Astronomical Museum. Yes, I have. And uh, since we had that eclipse not long ago, and uh-huh. then I interviewed someone at an observatory in the mountains here in Taiwan not, not that long ago, I decided to just go check it out. What did you? You didn't go there when we had the eclipse. No, there were too many people. Yeah, I, I just went there? to a park. I went to a park and I had a, the well, park itself. Okay, uh, well, a park near oh, where oh, I live oh, and. Okay. You couldn't really even see very much. It was a bit disappointing, but um, oh. we weren't in the direct path. Leslie was down there, but... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's okay. I decided that, uh, you know, I it's so close to us, too, and I just had never been. So I decided one day to go. And yeah. um, it was... Uh, pretty interesting. Um, but not it, for the reasons I expected it to be, though. It's a pretty big place. It's pretty large, yeah. yeah several stories high. Um, lots of lots and lots and lots of kids. <laughs> and I th- had the impression that uh, a lot of the parents were taking them there so that they could run around. Yeah. <laughs> or be in the air conditioning. So um, it oh. was a bit crowded. But um, so... Uh, I have to say, unfortunately, different parts of it seem to be open at different times. So we missed the um, rooftop observatory itself. Aww. I actually don't know what you could see or expect to see during the daytime when it's open. But uh, anyway, mm. I'll have to find that out some other time. <laughs> um, my <laughs> What ended up being the highlight was something that I thought was going to be really cheesy. But actually, it was kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah. If you enjoy cheesy things, I suppose. Um, <laughs> on the, uh, I think it's probably the third or fourth floor, they have like a indoor ride, like a bit like an amusement oh, park ride. Yeah. And the idea is that you're in like a space module and you, it starts off very scientific. You <laughs> see several parts of uh, the solar system and then you rapidly, it, it devolves into there's aliens on top of your pod. And oh. <laughs> yeah, you almost get sucked into a black hole at one point. And these things, definitely not for the motion sick. Um, oh, there's lots yeah. of flashing lights and you're spinning around. There's like mm-hmm. a track. Mm. But uh, actually, I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, you're like in total pitch dark, so you don't you feel like you're flying in the air, well, although they, it's running through a track. And they have like really, actually, the effects were well done. I thought because mm. I imagined that they would be like, oh, <laughs> like really, you know, cheesy stuff. <laughs> yeah, like you know the old computer generated images, and actually they did the, the projectors, the lights, the animatronic bits. They actually were pretty good. Mm. I thought. Um, and each pod can only fit two to three people, so it's not like you're crammed in with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. Um, it was a bit like a haunted house ride, basically. Um, uh. I don't know about the alien bits. <laughs> Maybe not the most scientifically accurate, but it's, you know. But it'll be a thrill for little kids. Yeah, and it went on for a while. I thought it would be over really fast, too. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, well, it might be scary for younger kids, actually. There's an I, alien that lands on top of your pod, and you can see the tentacles at oh, one point. Um, you know, I don't think I got on that ride. That would have been exciting. Um, I know I got on some kind of ride similar to that, but I thought it was at the observatory. But yeah, yeah I didn't know that that was there. And it's not. Very, it's actually a bit expensive to ride. But anyway, mm. oh, it was a separate. We're here, so we might as well. Yeah, um, so it was a separate admission fee or something. You can use the. Um, yeah, but you can um, use your metro card. Actually, oh, okay. they'll deduct the fee from right. that. 
you just place it on the sensor. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I had a bunch of other things planned. And then due to some... Just don't trust Google Maps too much, I guess is what I'm saying. Because it says things what are happened? open and they're not. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they, I, think I've done, I think I've interviewed them twice. Once when they were planning it early on and then more recently again, uh, this train... Uh, museum, okay. railway museum, and for some reason, a certain somebody told me that it was open already, and I should have actually checked myself because uh-huh. I just forgotten. I, I, I remember it was in July at some point, and so I was like, okay, we'll go. We, we ended up walking around yeah. the whole exterior, and mm-hmm. it was like almost forty degrees that day Celsius. It was <laughs> not pleasant, and we're like, where's the entrance? Where's the entrance? And it's a big. It's a sizable uh, museum. You have to walk several, a few blocks at least, to get around the whole perimeter. And then we ended up back where we started, and someone who was on a smoke brick, I guess, outside, was like, oh, it's not open yet. And so... (laughs) No wonder you couldn't find the entrance. (laughs) Yeah. um, We did discover, however, the best craft beer I've ever had in Taiwan, right nearby, though. Oh, There's lots of these secret, like, microbreweries opening up, and they're not very big, like... I mean, in terms of advertising, uh, you just find them at these... Well, in this case, it was a, a sort of a backpacker place in the lobby, but... Um, only guess, standing room or something? No, they have a... Oh, it's, okay. well, it's pretty small. It's a bar, but like... Um, yeah, that was actually... That made the experience worthwhile, I actually. know. I'm just going to say. But then um, it was the same thing. So the, the following day, we went to the observatory and... We, we oh, thought, you did go again. That was the following next. day we went to uh, okay. the observatory instead. That was... We said, well, we'll try something else tomorrow. And then right. next door is the National Science Education Center, also under renovation, it turns out. <laughs> so a lot of things didn't go as planned, but it yeah. was fine. Uh, I mean, it took advantage of the pandemic to do renovations at this time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that's also supposed to open like next week or something like that. Pretty soon, I think. Oh, good. Um, so, so you got to do. Yeah, so you <laughs> got to go to both those places all over again. But got a go. list of museums to, to visit. Yeah, okay. it's interesting. All uh, right. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, sometimes I like museums. Okay. Well, um, maybe you can write us and let us know about the museums that you'd like to go to in your country. Yeah, or how you you're doing do- generally. Yeah, right, right. And also how you're doing generally. But uh, we always love to hear from you also, just what programs you heard. So uh, write us. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And remember, you can always find us on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, we'd love to read your comments there as well. That's right. Okay, the first letter I've got here is from Tim Braille of Malaysia. It says, Dear friends at Radio Taiwan International, hello and greetings once again from a warm and sunny Malaysia, and thank you for the recent QSR card. It arrived in the mail on the last day of June. As before, I thought I'd drop you a line and let you know I caught several of your wonderful broadcasts earlier this month. And um, he says that uh, the ones that he found the most entertaining uh, are Curious John, Ear to the Ground, Feast Meets West, and Classic Shorts. And thank you for these and a number of other fine RTI programs. So he listened on July 2nd at 15320 kilohertz. Simple rating was five across the board. Wow. Wow. We don't get that very often, I know. So unfortunately. Yeah. So excellent signal strength throughout the transmission. So he heard here in Taiwan with Natalie So and Paula Chow featuring a report on domestic tourism around the islands of Taiwan. He also listened to Just the Classics with Leslie Liao, featuring Taiwanese pop songs from the group May Day. Hmm. Oh, he also heard uh, our programs on another day, July 5th, 
uh, simple rating was 55544, and then uh, he heard Brain Games featuring baby pictures of the newborn panda at the Taiwan Zoo. Aww. And uh, You're Curious, John, featuring a segment on the Lolin Observatory, which is operated by the Institute of Astronomy, National Central University. Yeah. Oh, those okay. guys. So they have, I can't imagine, like they're up there for long periods, night after night, and it's just like they take it in turns. It's just like, it sounds like it's just one person at the controls. Uh huh. Very lonely. I don't know. I guess it's important yeah. work, though. Right. But if it's their passion, they right. don't mind being alone yeah. up there, I and guess. And the other thing they said is that if something happens suddenly, uh, because of the position Taiwan's in, we're the only place around this latitude and longitude where you could see it at that time of night. So okay. we have sort of, a, otherwise it's a, oh, we have a blind spot. I get it. Oh. There's nothing near us that, so uh, I guess the world depends on us for I'm that so. little patch of sky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Ear to the Ground, presented by Andrew Ryan, featuring a report on Kitchen Noise, and also Alan Chu and Andrew Ryan's program, Feast Meets West. Uh, oh, actually, he also heard on a third day, July 6th, uh, he heard In the Spotlight with me, featuring two enterprising Taiwanese women, Novia Hu and Melinda Wang, who started Nomel Skincare Business. That was a great interview with them. It was so much fun. And also News Playlist, um, hosted by Paula Chow, featuring reports on scaled back COVID-19 cases in Taiwan and gateways for domestic tourism. Thank you so much for your detailed reports. That was again Tim Braille of Malaysia. We have a report here now from Roger Tidy, who's writing to us from London. It says, hello again. Here is my final report for June, which pertains to your broadcast of Saturday, June 27th. Before commenting on the programs I heard, I want to mention that there was a problem with the internet audio on some of your programs, namely Curious John, Ear to the Ground, and Feast Meets West. Did I do something? Oh, no. <laughs> I hope not. In all of the above programs, the sound stopped on several occasions for a few seconds, after which it resumed from the point at which it had been interrupted. I'm not sure whether these interruptions to your audio were caused by a malfunction at RTI or by a problem with my computer, although I suspect that the problem was at your end, as I have not had recent problems listening online to other radio stations. The programs heard were Newsmakers, Taiwan Brain Games, Curious John, Ear to the Ground, and Feast Meets West. Under comments, it says, the best of the bunch in this day's broadcast was Feast Meets West, which concentrated in various ways on the theme of jasmine, including jasmine tea. The program also seemed to pack in more songs than normal, including a golden oldie by the late Teresa Tang, whose vocals I have heard many times over the last few years on RTI. Also featured were other singers who have won the Golden Melody Award, which I understand has been postponed until October owing to the COVID-19 virus. The second most interesting program was Curious John, which informed listeners about the Bai Shatun Mazu procession, which has also been postponed because of COVID-19. It was interesting to hear about the origin of the Mazu myth, which I learned is based on the story of the female goddess rescuing her male relatives from a stormy sea. I also enjoyed listening to Andrew's Ear to the Ground feature, which appropriately visited a sound cafe, where visitors can experience a wide variety of audio experiences while enjoying their coffee. Paula's feature, Newsmakers, also dealt with an interesting topic, the problem of Chinese-Taiwanese children who are not able at present to return to Taiwan. I have to say, however, that I did not enjoy your Taiwan brain game feature. The idea was good, namely, hooking up with two Taiwanese citizens living in the United States who spoke about their Taiwanese possessions. But I thought the program was too visual to work well on radio, and the audio quality was rather poor. Best wishes, Roger Tidy, and thank you very much for, uh, we'll definitely take that up with the team in mm -hmm. charge of Taiwan Insider. All right. 
Okay, now I've got a letter here from Eddie Prabo of Indonesia. We're moving now to Indonesia. Um, he listened in on July 2nd at 9405 kilohertz. Simple rating was just three across the board. The audio was heard relatively noisy, wavy, and found QRM voice due to the excess from the other stations. So he listened to Taiwan Explained uh, about the dragon boat races and rowing, kayaking. And um, he had a question. How many people? Have you ever rowed on Dragon Boat races? I'm no. trying to think now. And I've, Do they have I like 20? There is a trick. Okay, so I interviewed the people who organized the Taipei event a couple years ago. And I remember them saying something about there's a traditional sized boat, but that in sort of contemporary events. Sometimes they have different classes. Okay. So like maybe smaller boats and larger ones. Mm. It seems to depend. There was a traditional fixed number, but I forget what that is now. Yeah. I'm not thinking maybe it's 16. Like 21, something 20, in that 20, neighborhood. Oh, well, oh, of course, there needs to be a drummer. Right, and a flag yeah, catcher as well. And a flag well. catcher, yeah, right. So. Okay. And then uh, he also heard in the spotlight my talk with Jen Chen about how to stop glaciers from melting because she's raising awareness about the environment hmm. and things like that. Do we like have that. glaciers in Taiwan? No, we don't. Oh. Uh, not that I know of, no. Okay. I don't think so. We have some snow-capped mountains. Yeah. But that's about it. Okay. Right. And how she was talking about global warming, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's definitely well, something that affects us here, too. Yes, yes. Okay, so that was Eddie Prabowo of Indonesia. We go over now to India. We've got a letter here from Sunil Deep, who uh, actually sent us photos of RTI announcers. Wow. Oh. And it says, uh, here's a letter from your old friend in India who's been listening since the 1980s mm. uh, once again. This is my regular monthly report on your station, which I hope will be useful to the technical department. I'm sending herewith two reception reports for the month of June for the English service and would appreciate a QSL card, of course. And status update was presented in such a way that it's always deeply entering into the heart of each listener, strengthening the friendship between listeners and the broadcasting team. This program also gives an opportunity for active listeners of RTI to know each other every week. Uh, full, <laughs> I feel embarrassed reading this. Full credit goes to hosts Shirley and John Van Trieste. I'm also enjoying your classical music. The present phenomenon of spread of COVID-19 is a threat to our humanity, and this is a global war of, with which, with the unity of humans, we will win. I certainly hope so. Mm. This has gone on long enough. Um, yeah. In my country, there, the, an increasing trend is noted, but the percentage of recovery is on the higher side. So at least there's some uh, silver lining there. Mm. Despite having... Being a few miles away from China, where the origin of COVID-19 was reported first, you've done a lot of preventative measures in your battle against the virus. Of course, this is a global war against the pandemic, and those nations which have not yet adopted these methods should follow the strategies taken by Vietnam, South Korea, and Taiwan. Yeah, I have some friends in both those places. They say, mm. uh, especially in Vietnam, things are pretty normal. So. Mm. We've been doing something right, I guess. Um, kindly answer the following question. Is there unemployment in your country due to the epidemic? We have reported on some employment figures recently. I don't have them in front of me. I would encourage you to look at our news archives. In particular, we've done several reports about people who are furloughed or yes. have had their hours cut back. I have read recently, though, that that number has fallen a bit. So, mm. uh, And it never was extraordinarily high. So it's not mass unemployment, fortunately. But definitely, I think, in the travel industry oh, yeah, and a lot sure. of exports, too, have uh, had a hard time as well. Mm. It certainly hasn't been easy for anyone. Right. So thank you very much. That comes to us once again from Sunil Deep of India. 
Okay, and I have a letter here from, uh, again from Indonesia. This is coming to us from Waluyo Ibn Dichman, though. Um, he says here, Dear RTI, this is my latest report for RTI. I'm sorry to have been busy and listening into RTI on shortwave radio, but I still listen to RTI on the web. This is a reception report tuned in at 15320 kHz uh, from 10 to 11 Jakarta time. So he listened in on June 27th. Simple rating was four across board. Uh, he heard the news on June 27th about overseas students welcoming uh, uh, to Taiwan for the first time during coronavirus pandemic. It's only limited to certain students from certain countries. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, uh, right. I don't know. It's a Well, what can you do? We have to protect everyone here as well. Yeah, yeah. And also Taiwan Insider, Taiwanese enjoys the solar eclipse uh, in brackets, Ring of Fire, Dragon Ball Festival as well. Taiwan Today, Black Lives Matter. And then uh, on June 29th, he heard Curious John, you talking about temples and statues. That was probably the Bai Sha Tuan Mods. Oh, that, that would make sense. And then in the spotlight, talking about vegetarian. And that would have been Jen Chen, who was raising awareness about, you know, the environment. But she is, has also, she and her husband have also gone vegetarian also for the sake of the environment. Oh. All right. So that was Waluyo Ibn Dijman of Indonesia. Thank you so much. And that's it for this week's status update. And do keep those letters coming. We'd love to hear from you. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And please do check out our YouTube channel and our Facebook page and maybe leave us a comment. We look forward to reading what you have to say. Yes. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. 
Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.